Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing shielding the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo will for you come Coming at you with stats and things, flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, so just do your best. (laughs) That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. (laughs) Just go with what you saw today. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. You'll be wrong often, but then you can just point back to when you were right. No one will remember. No one's listening. Bienvenue to Le Monde. Bo Wolf, Sugar Potty here. Me and my basement shield and his. Welcome. To birds with friends, Sheila, how are you? I'm good. Now I may be chewing during this uh, podcast recording, so if it mm, becomes just annoying, like you're chewing the scene in every uh, every episode. If you can hear it, you know, l- let me know. I mean, I probably won't do anything about it to change it, but you know, we'll see. Okay, the masticator himself. Uh, a very shrewd move by Sheila with a one o'clock chat upcoming as we uh we push this recording back about a half an hour which gives you the the out that this podcast cannot go longer than an hour nothing i can do about it yeah that's right so uh today we will talk about shields rundown of dane brugler's top 100 and which guys he thinks makes sense for the eagles in the first round and the second round and uh beyond and then we will uh narrow our sparrow our focus as it were onto the wide receiver and running back positions. Thanks again to Ted Wynn uh, for joining us yesterday. But, Sheil, uh, tell us just a little bit first about what uh, this process was like for you. Did, did it help you familiarize yourself with uh, with most of these players? Terrible. Stupid idea. Uh, process was absurd. I wanted to quit many times, but, you know, sometimes you have to power through. Okay. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's just talk about the Tier 1 guys who you have here. You have... Five players who you think are the most likely options at number 25. Now, this is just if the Eagles stay at 25, so you've got uh, some trade-up and trade-down options as well. But right now, you think these are the five most likely players to be selected if the Eagles stick at 25. Uh, We have talked a little bit about Cleland Farrell, the defensive end from Clemson. Uh, Tell us your thoughts on him. I thought you were going to go through all of them. Sorry. I was going to go one by one. Well, now I started chewing. Okay, well, too bad. You're going to have to talk while you chew. Of course, uh, the nation is uh, swept up in its hashtag boycott Starbucks after uh, the media Starbucks manager spit in the face of young Naya. All right, Cleveland Farrell we already talked about, um, but Dane has him as his 15th overall prospect. Of course, you can read this full list on theathletic.com slash Philly. If you're not a subscriber, uh, you're dead to us, so just stop listening now. But I trust that most of you are subscribers, so you can read it there. He just fits. You know, he's a premium position. He's an all-around defensive end. He's a three-down player. He can play the run. He had 27 sacks, over 50 tackles for loss in three seasons. Really everything we know about sort of what this organization values, uh, I feel like he fits there, and it is a need position, as we've discussed. Brandon Graham is older. Chris Long, you don't know if he's coming back. 
you have Derek Barnett, which, man, I couldn't believe in your piece about the looking ahead at the roster three years from now that Derek Barnett will be 26 years old three years from now. Yeah, like he's a young guy. I was like, what happened? I was like, is this a typo? That's crazy. That's 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 why I like young guys. I mean, he, he yeah. played as a he he played as a true freshman. That that matters, right? So, um, yeah. So that is my take on Cleveland Farrell. Of course, you were way ahead of this in your post last month. You had him as what your second most likely option at number twenty five. So I would assume you still agree with me that he belongs in this tier. No question. I okay. um, I think he could get pushed down a little bit because he's not quite as explosive around the edge. He's a little bit more of an all-around uh, defensive end than some of the guys at the top, but uh, I think he fits what the Eagles would like, and I think uh, he is definitely the kind of position that they would like to take in the first round. Okay. Next up, you have Cody Ford, who has uh, we also have talked about. He has been on a, a pre-draft visit to the Eagles, reportedly. Uh, and all every time I say that there's a, a guy reported to a pre-draft visit, that's because of uh, the ombudsman, Brandon Lee Gowden, keeping track of that over at Bleeding Green Nation. Um, you know, I, I don't want to brag about this, but, you know, I, I feel like I was the first person to track pre-draft visits in mm. Philadelphia. I feel like uh, I feel like Jimmy Kemsky might have a might have a, a bone to pick with you on that. OK, one. let's go to the tape. OK, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't know either, but you know what? I felt like bragging about it. Uh, it's quite a ridiculous thing to brag about. Starting a feud with Jimmy. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting as tactic. You, as we might say, it's a weird flex, but you know what? It uh, it came to me, and so I felt I had to speak my mind <laughs> okay. as to give uh, our um, birdsmen all this credit. You know, let's look at who kind of paved the way maybe for him. Well, I mean, the um, birdsmen, of course, you know, technically <laughs> part of the Shilka Padia coaching tree. Is he? Well, birds 24-7, and it all trickled down. Oh, okay, okay. Well, he was doing stuff before then, though. Yeah, of course. Okay. But, I mean, you know, the way that the, the, way that the way that the coaching trees work, you get you get credit if a guy just joins your staff mid, mid-career, right? I, I didn't like that Ted was a little hesitant about being, uh, you know, part of my coaching tree. Yeah, he was that not hurt necessarily having it. Okay. Uh, so you have no other thoughts on Cody Ford? Uh, I don't have a, this isn't someone who I've like studied or watched. No. Okay. So all my opinion nasty, of, nasty guy. Okay. Play personality. <laughs> he'll uh, just, he'll just be walking down the street, pushing people. over. <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, some debate about whether he can play tackle at the next level, but I think I would be okay with that selection because I think there is, there is, uh, expectation that he can play tackle eventually, but for now he could, uh, he could step in. At guard, if need if need be. Well, I can tell you my thought for overall, the offensive lineman, what I was looking for. You know, I do feel like that. You know, somebody in the comments mentioned that they felt like I was underrating athleticism. Mm-hmm. Eagles offensive lineman. I would like to hear what your thoughts on that are. But uh, I was looking for versatility, guys who can play two spots. Because as we've discussed, it's not like the Eagles are in position where it's just, hey, this is the you know, there's this clear-cut one spot they have to fill. I mean, you could say that might be left tackle, but everything we're hearing about Mylata is that he could be an option. You know, I guess Vitae, if he comes in and plays really well this year, he could be an option. Lane Johnson could swing over there. So I don't see it as clear-cut. Like, you obviously are going to have to fill left tackle. You might have to fill right tackle if Lane Johnson slides over. Who knows how long Jason Kelsey's going to play. 
Brandon Brooks is coming off the Achilles. Isaac Samalo, you would you would think he probably, you know, is one of the more secure guys, but you know, he's coming off a one year where he's played well. So that's why versatility was important to me. And really I feel like what they do, and Jeff Stoutland's kind of been on the record with this, is that it feels like they give him a list and say, here are the offensive linemen we like through the scouting process. Go work them out, check them out. And he says he doesn't grade them. He just says either this guy's got what it takes or he doesn't have what it takes. Right. And then they kind of go from there. I think he's earned that. I think he's he's certainly you know done a good job. But um, I don't feel like it's a position where they have all these kinds of measurables that they're trying to hit. I think that's right. I think he. I think Stylin has said in the past, sort of in passing, that he likes guys who are who are outliers. Um, but I, I think that could be. I think that could work in either direction like you know they took Matt Pryor and and Vitae who who both did not test as good athletes but uh, as the commenter said they also have Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson who are these outstanding athletes for the position so although guy you know Kelsey was obviously there before of course Stoutland was there and so, Lane Johnson was right. a different scheme and everything so um, Chip Kelly was very big on the measurable so that's why I didn't know that that uh, I don't think that it, I, I don't think that it is something that they are are uh, there's a tent pole that they that they have to hit for that position necessarily, and a certainly not pole. not in like a spark sense. Okay. Uh, next up, you have uh, Josh Jacobs, who um, I've decided that I'm not in on. I, I that was going to be my take. Oh, okay. I feel I feel like I flip flopped on him. I've gone back and forth after watching the running backs on this list and doing more research. I think that would be a bad process to take him with the 25th overall. I think pick. it would be a disastrous pick. I don't go that far. Well, because I well, think- now I will get into this in the running back things. I don't think it would okay. be disastrous because, like, if you take a running back in the first round, you that running back is going to be productive just because he's going to get a lot of touches, just because like the team is incentivized to give him the ball. A running unless back, he's Ronald Jones, unless he's Ronald Jones. Well, yeah, but yeah, that's true. <laughs> And unless you're a terrible organization like the Tampa Bay Bucks, and you know Ronald Jones has probably still had a better career than uh, who was it, Andrew Sandejo, their second round, their their kicker. Um, no, that's the that's the Eagles. No. <laughs> <laughs> What's the guy's um, name? Uh, Louis 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 Sandejo, right? Oh, okay. All is right. that right? I have no idea. Yeah, I, I don't know. This is this Poor is tough. Guy. Um, what was I saying? I like Jacob. you can you can you can uh, sort of force feed a running back into being productive, which you w- cannot do with a, a wide receiver. Okay. Like I think that if Wendell Smallwood had been a first round draft pick, he would have a thousand yard rushing season, which is irrelevant. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. But I'm just saying. Like, I don't know. All right, so here's the so, deal. So, I mean, they would make use for him, but, like, there is, there is no way that you can be sure that Josh Jacobs is so much better than uh, any of these other running backs in the class. Uh, and I will – well, I'll, I will tease you with this. Uh, 36 running backs over the past five years have a 1,000-yard rushing season, okay? So, I mean, that's not the, the greatest judge, but uh, some sense of production. Uh, 32 of the 36 – what did I say? 36 running backs? Mm-hmm. 32 of the 36 had at least 1,000-yard season in college before they hit the NFL. That's interesting. Josh Jacobs has 
what, 570 yards is his, is his highest or, or 600 yards or something like that. Obviously, he's part of a uh, uh, backfield share, but, you know, grab the reins a little bit. And the four guys who didn't, if I can pull it up, are uh, sort of special cases. One of them is one of them is Frank Gore, who had like 900 yards. So that's uh, a little bit different. That's surprising. Isn't I feel that like it would have been one that definitely had one. Isn't that funny? Uh, oh. He had 900. Uh, Chris Carson was is one of them. He was a seventh round pick. My and boy, your boy. C.J. Anderson only had 790 yards once, and then Chris Ivory, who uh, was playing in Division Two after transferring out of uh, Washington State or something like that. So I mean. The the you want to tell me that Josh Jacobs would have had a thousand yards that 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 is probably true but like th- there is there's a lot to to dislike and he's not even that explosive he didn't test that explosive I I mean I I don't get it with him in the first round I agree I mean certainly if you tell me you think he, if someone were to tell me hey we think he's the best running back prospect in this class that's fine if you had to put a confidence number on that i don't think it should be very high no i mean, it certainly would not surprise me if he were not and we'll get to some of the other guys but i don't see this big gap between him and some of the other backs in this class you have some durability question marks you have some athleticism question marks uh you know in terms of how much was he helped by the rest of uh, alabama's talent if you look at the production between him and damian harris he certainly wasn't blowing his teammate out of the water no there, you know, that's just too many question marks for me to say, yeah, let's take, you know, take this guy with the 25th overall pick. It doesn't make sense to me. There's not this big gap. Like if you're going to take a guy, I feel like a running back in the first round, you should probably feel like his upside is going to be like a top three or five back in the NFL. Right? Yes. I mean, and, is that fair? And, and I don't by the see, way, I don't hear by anybody. The way, you describe- say he didn't blow Damien Harris away. Damien Harris was ran for 5.8 yards a carry. Josh Jacobs, 5.3. He was less, he was less efficient than Damian Harris right. last season. And the big play metrics that I mentioned before were very comparable, almost uh, exact, I believe, between Jacobs and Harris. Jacobs is obviously a better receiver, but uh, I agree with you. It was funny. Well, we hadn't I mean, talked he, about- we say he's a better receiver. He had two fewer catches. I mean, he was on the field a little yeah. bit less, but, like, I don't know. Well, the people who study this yeah, stuff... Sure. And- friend did that good breakdown i mean i can see him being a good receiver but yeah i didn't see sort of a crazy weapon who's going to be catching you know like brian westbrook or anything out of him and so uh yeah uh, i think we're on the same page there i think if they take him with the 25th overall pick we will both be critical of that pick yeah we're gonna have to come up with a good system for uh, giving that a bad draft grade Oh, boy, I can't. There's nothing I can't wait for uh, more than that. Uh, okay, I'm going to skip uh, the wide receiver first and go to Jerry Tillery, the Notre Dame defensive tackle, the uh, other player in your. You think the Eagles could take him at 25? Were you surprised by that inclusion? No, not at all. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I kind of like this guy. I like Tillery. Okay. Yeah. Uh, six foot six, 295 pounds. Uh, question marks about his production. He had seven sacks last season. I think four of those were against Stanford. I always wonder, like, should that really count against him? Right. Yeah, it's not like that was against, you know, Florida International or whatever. 
Right. So, you know, and like he was impressive in that game. Like, he, you know, if you watch the sacks, I was like, well, you can kind of see the upside there. Uh, I think Daniel Jeremiah had a DeForest Buckner comp, who has been a very good player. I think I saw our friend Ben Fennell had a Chris Jones comp. Uh, these are players I like. <laughs> these are types of players who I think if you can kind of chase that prototype a little bit, uh, you would be happy with. I think the question has been his consistency and then, you know, some of the off, what is it? He has other interests outside yes, of football. I think he's one of your favorites in this which is a, Yeah. Which is why I love, yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah, please don't show up too early. Right. <laughs> don't beat the janitor in the building. Like do something else, get some sleep grab a coffee, have a nice breakfast. Like if you're a defensive tackle being at the facility for like eight hours, I think is plenty. Like I don't, you know, I, I think it's going to be, what is it? Diminishing returns. Right. Uh, it's pretty, you know, you probably could be there less and you would be, uh, and you would probably be fine. So, you know, he's a guy who, who projects as if he's next to Fletcher Cox, like the upside of Tillery next to Cox. That is, uh, I would find that to be very appealing if he's sort of a, a sub-package player to begin with, that's fine. If he beats out Malik Jackson, that's fine. I just think there's a lot to like about this guy, and he has up he has the upside you would be looking for out of a player with the 25th overall pick. Now, I, I joke about the off-field stuff. Like, if, you know, that's one thing. If they feel like, you know, from if there are things they don't like about him, then that, that would be a di- you know a different animal. I hope it wouldn't be the, that he likes other stuff. I mean, everything you see and read is that he does play with like a lot of effort and has a high motor and all those different types of things. So it's not like this is somebody who it feels like is uh, taking plays off or anything like that. Also, uh, you know, for what it's worth, a very fun name to say. I saw you said, what did you call it? Susian? Oh yeah. I think I did. Yeah. Jillery Tillery. Something You're like right. That. I, yeah. I could totally see that in a book I'm reading this evening. Yeah. Uh, all right. The last guy, uh, the player who I believe I had mocked to the Eagles when we last did the beat writer mock draft, uh, the man who has drawn Deshaun Jackson comparisons, Marquise Hollywood Brown, <clears throat> the wide receiver from Oklahoma. Diminutive, but explosive. Yeah, he's gotten the Deshaun Jackson come. You know who else I thought of when I watched him uh, track the ball downfield? I know you'll love this. Any guesses? Well, Ted gave him the uh, Tyreek Hill comp last night. <clears throat> okay. That's not mine. Okay. Um, I don't know. Tyler Lockett? Oh, very good. Wow. Yeah, nice job. Uh, I did th- I did feel like comes, I saw a little comes bit. Back. It all comes back to uh, the Seattle days for you. In terms of small guy doing an outstanding job tracking deep balls down the sideline, mm. that's who he reminded me of. Um, so he was very good at that. Let me see my, my notes here. I mean, the Deshaun Jackson clone stuff I feel like is accurate I mean he, de- he definitely did look like him on some of these uh deep balls he could play this uh you know maybe he could play the slot initially and then move outside we talked to Ted about that yesterday has elite speed uh great route runner electric with the ball in his hands what else did I uh right I really liked how he tracked it downfield he's on like screens and crossers I, I didn't realize how uh just very slippery making people miss like yes. he, he is very fun on those like if you're running mesh with him and he gets the ball with a little bit of space I mean he was making entire defenses look slow like it felt like they just had no chance against him once he got into the open field or, or Ted highlighted one play which I thought was really good where a defensive back had like one false step and 
it was over. I forget what kind of route. He ran like a route in the middle of the field, and he was just gone after that. I mean, those are the types of players I just really like. I am drawn to, probably have too much of a bias towards them. I like all those. And then the other part of me says, are you betting on, is it smart to bet on the exception? He's and tiny, bet? and he's coming off a of Liz Frank, which he's not, you know, yeah, he's, which he's has, not to, has to endear himself to the Eagles. They love a guy who's been injured. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds silly, but it just feels like there's a world of difference between a guy who's 182 and 166. Yeah. But at the same time, like, what, what does jump out when you watch him is he, like, he is fully in control of, the like, the subtleness of the moves he needs to make to get just, like, an inch of space uh, or, like, or, or to uh, avoid a, a dead-on hit. Now, you know, who knows if that'll happen in the next level. No, those are... Big 12 defenses, which are notoriously terrible, but um, I like I get excited when I watch him, and I know Me and too. I and I know that it's it's betting against the odds, but if the Eagles were on the clock at 25 and these five players were on the board, I think the Eagles would probably take Farrell, and I think I would probably prefer Marquise Brown. Mm, interesting. That that is my guess. What okay. would you say? I don't know. You just mentioned that, and I'm, like, totally on the fence. I mean, Farrell is certainly, again, we hate the word safer, but, uh, you know, he, he fits the premium position, can contribute right away, all those different types of things. But I would be more excited if I were the Eagles and I took Marquise Brown. That would be so fun. Yeah. I mean, they would move, They would they would go from being this sort of, we talked about it last year. It felt like they were just slow and not athletic enough at times to just my God, to Sean Jackson and him on the field at the same they time. Have so much space for everybody. We haven't even mentioned. Yeah. Then you don't even mention the Ertz and the Goddard's and the, um, Alshon Jeffries. I mean, that's like did terrifying. You just, did you just push a, uh, pull a Jeffries? Oh, oh the, you were saying you were saying the Alshon plurals. Jeffries. Okay, yeah. okay. Although I'm not opposed to going WIP caller and just okay. calling him Alshon Jeffries. Yeah. Asante Samuels. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, I, I, you know, you should listeners should read the whole piece because it uh, is is pretty um, exhaustive. Um, boring. Is, you can say boring. No, that's not what I was. That's not the okay. point. Um, I would say I I would I would say that I had only one tiny disagreement. Uh, only one? Yeah. Come on. Well, only one that I that I would think that I would like to see changed. How about that? Oh, oh wow. Okay. I think I, I just think that uh, I think Rashawn Gary belongs in the trade up conversation. Everybody's saying that. What's your case for this again? He's a premium position, and if he falls to fourteen, fifteen, I, I could see the Eagles falling in love with him. Boy, I think that would be a bad move. You don't like you don't like a Rashawn Gary. I mean, I Not don't know production for you. Yeah, not enough production, and if there are all these good play, if this is a loaded defensive line class, why am I trading up? And when you're talking about needing volume of draft picks and you do have to fill depth roles and you want to get younger, why am I trading up for a guy who had, what did he have? Yeah, something like five and a half sacks or something like that, Yeah, I want to say. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I, I, would, not, uh, I would not be in favor of that, okay. but maybe you're right. What about Jonah Williams? Uh, he was one I felt like maybe I should have had in there. Okay. I don't know. In my head, I was thinking he's not going to slide to a spot where they could take him, but I think I might have been wrong about that. 
I think you like Chris Lindstrom a little bit more than I do. Nine and a half sacks for Rashawn Gary in 34 career games. Mm. I mean, three and a half sacks last year, six and a half tackles for loss. I'm going to trade up for that guy? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm not saying that, that I would do it. I'm just saying he might, he might belong in that conversation. Okay. Uh, I don't know that I like Chris Lindstrom. I have not studied Chris Lindstrom mm. tape. <laughs> I'll be quite <laughs> honest. Uh, what, I, what I know about him, it seemed like it could be a – I'm not saying I would love it, but it wouldn't be the craziest thing if they felt like he had the tackle guard versatility, which I don't know that he does, but if they felt like he does, then why is that a crazy pick uh, at 25? Because mm, he went to Boston College. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm out. I'm out on him. Okay. I don't think that he can play tackle at the next level, but I'm, I mean, I haven't, I haven't poured over the tape. Okay. He was, he, he, you know, it, it seemed like he had just, uh, was a very productive player in college. If they it's took him, the at, if they take, if they take him at 25, I'm just going to sleep. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Uh, okay. I may, I may go to sleep regardless. Yeah, I'm sure that's right. Well, you're going to be exhausted from our from our uh, our live stream. Oh, I can't. Well, let's get to that later. I'm so excited to talk about this. Okay. Um, all right. Let's talk about these wide receivers numbers that that uh, that I've gone through, that I've been sitting on. Do we have time to, for me to hit you with a few more questions about this? Yeah, of course. Because yeah, I, you know, I do have that hard out. Yeah, uh, I mean, you're gonna just you're gonna have to just miss that. I thought what Ted said about uh, Paris Campbell and the gadget players was spot on. After thinking about it more, doesn't it feel like every year it's like coaches and organizations convince themselves that we'll, we'll hey, be able to find a way to use this guy? Yeah, and and it feels like it so rarely works out. Now, when I watched him, I did enjoy him, and I feel like he might be more than just a gadget player. But I agree. Like, yeah, he's in a number two wideout. Maybe a slot receiver might even be more. Is probably more impactful. I mean, there might be some crossover there, but maybe more impactful than that sort of gadgety type guy. So. Well, Paris um, Campbell is is uh, is out for me, and I will ex- explain why shortly. Okay, I look forward to that. Uh, Jakai Polite, mm. one of my favorites for uh, day two. Yeah. Chauncey Gardner Johnson, the d- defensive back from Florida. You like him? Uh, yeah, he seemed like he could fit. No, you don't yeah, like him? I think so. All right, here's the guy. And I'm just the- broadly against the idea of, of taking a safety in the in the top two rounds for the for this Eagles team, but. Okay. I have nothing against him in particular. I'm just going through this list and giving you my quick thoughts that might not be in the piece. Uh, A.J. Brown, and uh, are you going to talk about him in a minute? Yeah. Yeah, I'll save my opinion on him. Uh, I would not like a Damian Harris pick. I feel like there's not enough upside there. Okay. Uh, Debo Samuel, I liked a lot watching him. One of my favorites. I'm sure we got we to gotta decide on our official wide receiver of yep. birds with friends. Uh, he would be in my conversation. Devin Singletary, the running back from Florida Atlantic, who drew the LaShawn McCoy comps, uh, really enjoyed watching him. He's he the re- most fun to watch. He really did look like LaShawn. He looked like LaShawn McCoy, who who, who kind of can fight through contact a little bit. Now, don't get me wrong. He's probably never going to be as good as LaShawn McCoy, but just watching him, that's what it felt like. He also uh, he also tested so terribly. terribly. Yeah. Um, and is tiny and has had a ton of work. Here's one that I feel like if I was were to redo it, I would change. Okay. Juan Thornhill, I think I would bump him up to the 
either potential tier at 25 or the maybe tier at 25. Yeah. I right now have I've been, him. I've been saying that. Me too. Yeah, I, I should have done that. Uh, what Do you know much about this Chase Winovich from defensive end out of I don't know enough. He's getting okay. some buzz. I, th- I feel like he just from what I saw, he wasn't getting sort of enough buzz when you look at his production. Yeah. Uh, measurables, that kind of thing. That was interesting to me. Uh, Titus Howard is your boy. Mm-hmm. We know that. Um, we're going to talk about the running backs, so I will talk about them here. Let's see. The more I thought about Jeffrey Simmons, the more I thought that would be a stupid pick. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they can go back to that well again. Uh, let's see. Anything else I got here? Unless they're, unless they're picking up an extra pick or something. Uh, I thought Joe Wan was a... Uh, great, great name, Joe Juan, not yeah. Joe Juan, Joe Juan. Yeah, good name. Uh, the Andy Isabella portion of yesterday's podcast was my favorite. Okay. That was very good. Okay, get to your stuff. Okay. All right. Uh, over the last five years, 50 different wide receivers have had a 1,000-yard season, okay, in the NFL. Uh, tell me where you – how many of the of the 50 – do you think were drafted in the first two rounds? Mm. Two can you name? The first two rounds? I will say 30. Sheila, you have hit the number on the head. Really? Oh, baby. 16 right. in the first, 14 in the second, 9 in the third. So 39 of the 50 have come in the first three rounds. Mm. Uh, that, if you want to compare it to wide risk to running back, is not totally different, but a little bit different. Running back is uh, 18 of the 36 have come in the first two rounds, so 50% instead of 60%. Okay. Uh, of the 50 wide receivers, two of them were college quarterbacks. Okay, so we disregard them, Julian Edelman and, and Anquan Bolden. Uh, so of the 48... 40 of the 48 had at least one 1,000-yard season in college. That's 83%. Uh, that is like if you look at the athletic testing. Well, that's very high. It's very high. It's higher than any kind of athletic testing um, or, or really mostly of anything else. And so I am going to eliminate some players who have not had 1,000-yard seasons, okay? Okay. Who you got? DK Metcalf. Mm. Rocked up Darius Hayward Bay. Get out of here. <laughs> Miles Boykin. See you later. Wow. Debo Samuel. See you later. Oh, how dare you. Emmanuel Hall from Missouri. Goodbye. Riley Ridley from Georgia. Gone. Terry McLaurin from Ohio State. Gone. Next. This is uh, not quite 83%, but 62%. 31 of the 50 wide receivers left school early. Okay? Now, I'm, I, I'm not going to eliminate seniors from non-Power 5 conferences, because you can understand why they might have to stay. But if you are someone who is a senior at a, uh, a Big 5 school, you're gone. That means Paris Campbell is gone. That means Debo Samuel is double gone. That means Emmanuel Hall is double gone. And that means Terry McLaurin is double gone. Uh, And then that leaves, okay, 
So there are a few other little there are a few other little things, but but there are there are six receivers who have passed the, the threshold for me. Okay. Okay. They are JJ Arcega Whiteside, mm. Kelvin Harmon, Hakeem Butler, and Keel Harry, Hollywood Brown, and AJ Brown. Now, give them, to, give them to me again. I was writing them down. Arcega Whiteside. Arcega Whiteside, the big guy from Stanford. Yeah. Kelvin Harmon from NC State. Hakeem Butler from Iowa State. And Keel Harry from Arizona State. Hollywood Brown and A.J. Brown. Now, okay. I, I don't... I, I, every time I watch our Sega Whiteside, I am not impressed. I, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm just missing out, but it, he doesn't... I know he ran well in his pro day. He doesn't look explosive to me, and I don't really trust that, like, the, the ability to just consistently make those contested catches is going to fully translate to the next level. I also don't think he fits for the Eagles. I like Arcega Whiteside. I didn't think I was going to like him. I looked at Ted's breakdown. I watched some more on my own, and I felt like he can be a productive NFL receiver. So we can disagree on him. I lost you for a second there. Oh. You still there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. You said you disagree I, on our Sega Whiteside. I said I disagree. I said I, 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 I kind of liked him. I was not expecting to like him. I did like him. I generally don't like the jump ball, contested catch type receivers, but it did feel like he was special, so special in that category that it would translate. And I said I felt like the floor for him should be someone who can help you in the red zone and be like a good special teams player because he does play. I don't know if he played special teams in Stanford, but uh, he certainly has the profile and sort of that physical demeanor where you would think he would be good in that role. Okay. And he's I think that, there's, he's got that I think basketball background. Both of his parents were professional basketball players, I believe. Yeah. Come on. That's so fun. That's fun. He'd be tearing up that Papa shot in there. Uh, Kelvin Harmon, NC state. Um, I like I like what I see when I watch him. Uh, he did run slow, significantly slow, four six, uh, which is below the twentieth percentile, and that is going to unfortunately have to cross him off in terms of being the official wide receiver of Birds with Friends. I like him in the second potentially, but uh, why is, is that some measurable? The of 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 the. Uh, of the athletic tests for wide receivers, most of them have little predictive value, but but running slow in the forty below the twentieth percentile is uh, is the the biggest predictor uh, of those, or at least uh, it, it's the one athletic test where you see the fewest of those top fifty guys. Okay, there are there are uh, four of those fifty receivers who ran below the twentieth percentile. Allen Robinson. Who ran four six? Kelvin Benjamin four six one, Anquan Bolden four seven two, and Keenan Allen four seven one. Okay, I wrote on Harmon after watching him. I like Harmon, but you know, I thought he was okay. I wasn't blown away. I don't hate him. He knows how to use his size. Good on back shoulder throws. Uh, good job of adjusting to the ball in the air. Big catch radius. Here's my issue though with some of these contested catchers for this team. 
this that's not really what Carson Wentz. I mean, if, if there was anything we said last year, it's that he wasn't like throwing the ball to Alshon Jeffrey unless mm-hmm. he was wide open. And then Nick Foles comes in and starts chucking it up, and Jeffrey is doing really well. So are you counting on your quarterback to sort of I, I honestly was trying to remember this back to 2017, and my memory is so terrible. Was Wentz doing a lot of that in 2017? I, I don't even remember him doing a lot of that in 2017. Do you? Mm, yeah, I mean, not off the top of my head. Okay, so, uh, you know, if you're going to get a guy... Except for those, not, except for those uh, five-yard outs to Torrey Smith on the first play of the game. Right. So if you're getting a guy who fits your system and can help your quarterback, it doesn't feel like this is the type of guy you should be targeting. But Well, I know. also... That's sort of why our Sega Whiteside, um, I don't, uh, you know... He seems like a one-position guy to me, uh, whereas I think I think uh, Harmon can could play in the slot if, if that's what you wanted. But he's not the he's not the dynamic athlete that I I, I do believe that if the Eagles are going to draft a wide receiver, it should be someone who can play right now in the slot and be uh, more of a juice guy as opposed to having as opposed to duplicating the skill set of uh, of an Ernst and Goddard. You know what's hard tough though is that a lot of these guys would be the the big slots. That's what like, that's that's what I'm saying. I okay. think I think they would be better off drafting the the dynamic slots. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like then it really shrinks how many of those guys there are. But okay. Well, we're working through it. All right. What you got? So we got four left. You still like our Sega White side, but he's not going to be the official. Um, Hakeem Butler. I like him, but okay. I feel like he's Ted's. I feel like we can't make him ours. Uh, I, I like Hakeem Butler. He passes every threshold for me. Um, he's, he, he ran well too. Uh, he's got the production. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in on Hakeem Butler. He led all the receivers I watched in terms of five defenders try to bring him down. He stays on his feet and the refs blow the whistle. And I, and I like guys like that. Okay. I like that. (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, we talked about him at length yesterday. Um, yeah, I think the thing that I didn't know about him that Ted pointed out was sort of his feel for um, coverages and getting mm-hmm. open in high football IQ. I feel like if you feel, if you see that and you're a coach or a personnel staff, I mean, everything else is there. The upside is huge. Uh, I think your, your boy Greg Cosell comped him to A.J. Green, I believe. Mm. It's a pretty, it's a pretty, Nice comp right there. You know, A.G. Green didn't have a 1,000-yard college season. Mm, okay. Yeah. He was had like 900 or something. I'm shocked by that uh, that number, by the way, because, you know, I was about to fight back and say, ah, oh, but, you know, some of these offenses, uh, you know, they spread the ball around. Like, you look at Ole Miss, you have, uh, what, three guys who are going to get drafted. You have so many bad quarterbacks. Um, you have different schemes where they just don't throw the ball a lot. But, like, the numbers are the numbers. So. Right. And I also excuses. like I also just sort of anecdotally believe it at the wide receiver and the running back position more than like you know a, a defensive end. I agree. I agree. You can sort of grow into that, whereas yeah. like you you sort of need that mentality. Like if you can't if you're if you're not good enough in college to you know get open against these guys and and you don't have that uh, you know we we've talked before about how like playing wide receiver in, in the NFL is such a it, like for a guy like Deshaun Jackson. You have to be like off a little bit, right, to have that sort of uh, confidence. I don't know. I feel like if you haven't shown that in college, I'm not sure you're going to get it. Yeah, it just does. It does feel like a position where you're what you did in college, 
translates to the NFL. Yeah, I, I think know. it matters. Okay. Uh, okay, so we like Hakeem Butler, but but he is he is a, a bigger guy, obviously. But we he's, can't he's take Hakeem Butler because we can't take him. He's he's, he's dra- dra- and draft Twitter yeah. is just like yeah. yeah. I don't want I don't want to take him. I agree with that. Uh, I think I like Enkeel Harry a little bit more than you do. Now he's a I- he's a big guy, uh, but he has been very productive. Ran fairly well, four five three, just a forty fifth percentile. Um, I kind of like I kind of like Enkeel Harry. I didn't love him when I watched him. Okay. And it makes me nervous that the when the knock on the guy is route running, separation, and getting off press coverage, that makes me pretty nervous. Yeah, I think that's fair. And and I, I've read, you know, pe- people say, oh, you know, his yak. He was one of the guys where I was watching his yards after the catch thinking, this is not, you know, these plays are not translatable to the NFL. Okay. It, yeah, it didn't feel like – I mean, that's what it felt like for me. It felt like too much sort of needs to go right for him. I mean, I, you know what? The area where I do like him would be as like a big slot. Like he does seem like, all right, he can be that sort of – He does have some after-the-catch juice. Yeah, tough, competitive, get in there. So if you want him in that role, that's fine. Uh, I didn't love him as sort of a guy who would play the slot and then move over to the outside. But, you know, I I, I don't feel like – incredibly strong about it that was just what where what my notes were when i watched him uh i will add fresno state's kj johnson Keyshawn johnson i uh, i watched a little bit more today i really do like him but he tested so terribly so uh, we have to uh, we have to x him out uh so we're down to two hollywood brown who we've already talked about and aj brown of old miss okay uh both pass the thresholds i mean marquise brown doesn't pass the uh, size threshold but uh, how do you feel about AJ Brown? We've already we've already heard how you feel about Hollywood. Well, what what is the scouting thing like? It's better to be sort of uh, loud and wrong than quiet and right, isn't that a thing? Like if you're is that a thing? Yeah, like if you're speaking up, like you know, at least have some conviction, right? And so I don't like AJ Brown that much. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I thought that uh, you know he's a he's a rocked up slot receiver. That's good. I just didn't see, like, a big upside with him. I mean, I think he can catch a lot of balls in the right offense and be fine. It felt like he did a lot of things well. Um, you know, he's a, he's a good athlete. He's obviously got the, the measurables there. He, he's been productive, all those different types of things. But, like, I didn't see anything special in terms of yards after the catch, making people miss. And I know the numbers might not back up what I'm saying. I'm just telling what – what I saw when I uh, watched him, I mean, I felt like he was fine. He was good. I, I didn't, I didn't see the upside as some of the other guys in this class. So he will not be our official wide receiver of birds with friends, okay. unless, you, unless, unless you're able to talk me into him. I like him. I think he's got a little bit more, uh, more juice than you do. I think he's, he's a, uh, he like he, the way he plucks the ball out of the air. I think is better than a lot of these guys in this class. And he, okay. I think, I think he transitions well from. Uh, from the catch to running, like I like guys who, who who play fast in that who transition quickly, don't have to sort of think. But uh, I can I can see your point that that maybe he has a little bit less upside. Okay, I love he's got he's got the best profile of anyone I think. So yeah, take I can that see for, that. Take that for what it's worth. He has yeah, the history of production, uh, good body, left early, 
tested well enough uh, and is going to be drafted high. He's also a player who has uh, visited the Eagles. Said um, to be a very good route runner. Said to be a good route runner. I think he would fit exactly what the Eagles, like if you could uh, dream up what kind of wide receiver they want, where a guy who could play the slot right away and then maybe transition to the outside. I think he can do that, and he is uh, sort of a quicker slot. But if you don't like him, that's fine. It feels like they're definitely picking him now. I, I mean, I like him. I'd be, I'd be happy with it. So does okay. that mean we're going with Hollywood Brown? I think so. All right. Hollywood Brown at 166 pounds. <laughs> the official wide receiver of Birds with Friends. Okay. Tell I feel this. good about. I feel good about that. I feel good about it too. He's. We have a type. We we, we definitely have. A we type. have a type, and he fits the type, and so that's not good if he like gets injured in training camp next year and you know, plays in six games. Right. Uh, but you know what? Uh, we make the same mistakes over and over again, like we did with the Packers last summer. So that's exactly uh, right. Why change? Uh, Woodpecker, you rather have Marquise Brown at twenty-five or AJ Brown in the sec- in the late second round? I think I would rather have Marquise Brown at 25. Okay. How about... Easy. Marquise Brown is going to change your offense. I, I agree with that. Woodpecker, you rather have Marquise Brown or, or your boy, uh, Arcega Whiteside, in the second round? I think I would still rather have Marquise Brown. Yeah, so would I. Well, I mean, obviously Arcega Whiteside. Um, I might, depending on who, what else they did at 25, I, I, I could be tilted to A.J. Brown in the second. Okay. But... I mean, you, you, there would just be. There's so much more juice with Hollywood Brown. Okay. Should we get to these running backs real quick? Let's get to the running backs. Oh. I know you've got uh, you've got 13 minutes. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right. Um, so 36 running backs uh, over a thousand yards the last five seasons. As I said before, 32 of them had at least 1,000 yard season. That lops off Josh Jacobs. Uh, it also lops off uh, Jordan Scarlett. If you care about that. And some other guys, Dexter Williams. Now, Dexter Williams had 995, so I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to, you know, worry too much about five yards, um, the, these arbitrary endpoints. But um, now, this is interesting. Uh, I'll be the judge of that. 36 of these running backs. How many of them do you think came from Power Five conferences? Um. 33. Mm. 29. Okay. Still pretty high. Uh, eight, that's 81%. And two of them were Boise State. So I know that's not, you know, that you could, you could, you could argue that that's a, a big program. But um, so, I mean, I don't know. Do you think that's interesting? That's a, I mean, it's a higher percentage than the wide receivers. It sort of passes what I would think would be the case. Okay. Um, and then, I don't know if it, yeah. And then well, uh, 61% of them, 22 of the 36, uh, were underclassmen and left early. Okay. Uh, and again, same as wide receiver, you know, the, 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 the athletic, like the individual athletic tests are not super predictive, uh, really not predictive at all. But uh, running slow, you know, lower than the 20th percentile in the 40 is, is not good. Uh, only Alfred Morris, Jeremy Hill... Arian Foster and LeGarrett Blunt ran that slow. Okay. So that's going to lop off, you know, these guys are, are you're not super interested anyway, but it lops off Devin Singletary, which like a short oh. guy, like 
you can't be running that slow. I mean, I, he's my favorite guy to watch too, but like, why is he running so slow? It was one day. Okay. He had a bad day. Uh, nobody on. else. Nobody else important uh, gets lopped off. That today, hurts my feelings. Day, so. I like I Devin like Singletary, him. but I lay. I'm fine with Devin Singletary on day two. I'd be okay with that too, just because he's so fun to watch. But you know, the track record's not good. He's also from a smaller school. Uh, so I don't. I'm not going to go through all these guys, but there there are some guys who I like. Um, now I. I like the wide receiver class. I don't love this running back class. It's I couldn't find guys that I liked in this running yeah, back class. Yeah, there's nobody who I love. Like, if Devin Singletary ran okay, I'd love him. Yeah. Uh, Daryl Henderson from Memphis, I like a little bit. Um, people love David Montgomery. I like him, too. He's good. But, you know, he's not, he's not knocking my socks off. Um, I really like Justice Hill's profile. But I, I, he, he didn't excite me as much when I was, as I was hoping. I was hoping he was really oh, going to explode. Oh, same thing. Uh, this guy, uh, Justin, I thought, yeah, I'm looking at it. Oh, man, this guy's going to be really fun. I thought he was going to make and me. And I started watching yeah. him, and I said, what? Yeah, I was a little disappointed. This is the guy I'm supposed to be excited about? Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't see it with him. So I've got, like, some late-round guys who I like, but nobody who I think is, is necessarily worth a, worth a, a second-round pick. Okay, let me see here. Uh, Justice Hill, we discovered he's, I mean, we discussed running back from Oklahoma State. 632 carries in college, weighs 198 pounds. Yeah. I mean, he's, he should be a third down type guy. He had 13 catches last year. That's it. Uh, did not love that. Let me see who else is here. Damian Harris, I mentioned earlier. Uh, Josh Jacobs. Damian Harris, the senior. Senior, uh, I kind of liked. I thought I felt like maybe we're overthinking it with David Montgomery a little bit. Okay, I like. I like David Montgomery. If if you're looking just for like an all around back, I mean, again, I don't think he he's going to be like a top five player, but I think he could be a, a really good running back for your team. Like sturdy, saw I could see coach. Couldn't you see just Deuce Staley like loving him, like sure. fundamentally sound and has the production and caught seventy one balls in his. Uh, college career so uh, i would not be opposed to taking him on day two we'll probably rather take him in the third round than the second round but um daryl henderson was interesting uh, i mean he's got more he's got a little bit more juice he has more juice he had a, a run of 10 yards or more on 25.7 percent of his carries wow which was the highest of any running back i like that uh, in this class uh also showed up some potential as a receiver 63 catches for 700 and 58 yards, drew some comparisons to Tevin Coleman. Uh, he might not be your sort of, whatever, your bell cow or whatever, but if he's part of your backfield, uh, I would not be opposed to that. I think he feel? fits this backfield perfectly. Okay. All right, so Henderson is interesting. What do you think about Miles Sanders from Penn State? You know, I didn't want to like Miles Sanders. I kind of did like Miles Sanders. Me too. God, we're pathetic. <laughs> uh, yeah, I liked him more than I was expecting to. I thought, you know, when I, I don't watch all the Penn State games, but when I watched, you know, I never thought, wow, this no. running back's amazing. Then he sort of, he didn't have a, I don't know, why was everyone creating such a buzz around his combine? It was like the 72nd percentile. Right. It wasn't like elite. Yeah, I mean, no, it was yeah. Good. 449, 70th percentile, yeah. 85th percentile on the broad, 71st in the vertical, and 74th in the three cone. Yeah, nothing crazy. But then when I was watching him for this exercise, like, 
Yeah, you know, I, li- I liked good, him more than I was expecting to. Yeah, good lateral agility, I thought. Made people miss, fought through contact. Um, he see, And he does seem like a guy who would be a three-down sort of uh, sturdy sturdy back. So uh, I-, I wish I had stronger opinions, and I could say I love this guy and hate this guy. They're, you know, it's just mm-hmm. sort of like, all right, whoever they want to take on, right. if they take one of these guys in day two, I'll be fine with it. I w- you're right. There, well, I wanted to find a guy who was like, this is the guy. Get him on day two. He's amazing. You know, I, I wanted just... my Naheem Hines this year, but yeah, I nobody... couldn't find. Yeah, there. You know, they so they brought in Karan Higdon, the Michigan running back, uh, for a visit. He's fine, but he's a he's a senior from a big school, which is not super exciting to me. Um, the guy who I was there's one guy who you know this is we're talking like fifth round or later, and like I hate Ohio State and I really did not want to like him, but I kind of like Mike Weber. Uh, okay. Who you could maybe uh, take a peek at. Um, another guy, Travis Homer from the U. Like a sixth or seventh round pick. These are like, you know, th- these are the kinds of, like, I, I see little difference between them and, uh, I don't know. You know, the, the Montgomery's are better, but I think if you're not taking one in like the second or third round, then you don't have to take one before the fifth. Okay. Well, I mean, all I just said is don't take one in the fourth, so that doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> well, I still have to look at the day three running backs and receivers. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, nobody, nobody, nobody's knocking me over. It's not a good. It's not a great year to be looking for a running back in the draft. I don't think so. But I think I. So I mean that changes a little bit about what I think about how they should approach the draft as I want to do these uh, best case worst case mock drafts for the Eagles. I think I think I think they they're so much better served taking a wide receiver in the first two rounds than a running back. Mm. Okay. Okay. Could be right. Yeah. All right. I got two last quick pieces of business. You got anything else? Get to your business. Uh what I find to be the most Appealing draft storyline is you committing to doing this this live stream. Mm. If we got enough comments, I haven't counted them up. How we're, many did you? We say? are close to twenty. It feels like we're right there. So yes. go go on the Apple Podcast review page if you want the live stream. Uh, I'm so excited about this. This really feels like one of those ideas you just threw out there. <laughs> Have no idea how to make it happen. I mean, the, the technology aspect of it, like our other work commitments, where we, we would be sitting, like just totally, not even a half, what's less than a quarter baked idea, I would say, but you committed to it. So please go on there and make sure that you have enough comments. I'm glad that, that you're committing to being a part of it if, if I can listen, make it happen. If you t- yeah, if you tell me where to show up, that's fine. As everything else, I'm not doing any, any of the legwork. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> I think I think it'll be fun to react to the Giants taking a you know a linebacker at six overall. Sure, as Pistol Pete saying, "Hey, are you guys going to write anything about you know this pick the Eagles just made?" Hold on, we got this. I think I I think I think uh, it's clear that the the show has to end once the Eagles make their pick. Okay, listen, I I don't know. I'm just asking questions. That's we're still talking about like four hours. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, four hours. So that's going to be fun to fill that time. 
That's gonna be so. Uh, yeah, continue to leave those comments. I'm not saying I'm staying for the whole time. I'll have some type of role uh, <laughs> in it, but we'll figure that out. But definitely, I wanted to encourage people to uh, keep leaving those comments and let us know, um, just so we can see what Bo's like next two weeks are going to be like <laughs> as he plans for this. And then the second thing is we've gotten a lot of questions, Bo, about the uh, this athletic yes. podcasting announcement. Uh, you may have seen this. You may have not seen this. It is sort of a company-wide initiative. The move is to put the podcast only on the athletic app. Uh, I listened to, you know, I started listening to one today. It seemed like the technology was sound, but I'm sure there will be some uh, sort of things they have to work through. And so the idea is you get the podcast in the app as part of your athletic subscription. People were asking, well, will I be able to listen to it if I'm not a subscriber? Will I be able to listen to it on, you know, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or whatever? Uh, our understanding is that the answer is no. Now, this hasn't happened with us yet. We were not part of the first rollout. So right now you can listen to it wherever you want. But if everything goes according to plan and, you know, things can change, absolutely. But if everything goes in the direction the company wants it to go, uh, I believe that at some point, maybe this summer, maybe at the start of the season, I don't have an exact t timeline, that you will have to listen to the podcast in the app. Time for you freeloaders to uh, dig I, into those pockets. I know, that's right. And when you do subscribe, make sure you click on one of our articles and mm. then subscribe. Yeah. Yes, that's important. <laughs> you should uh, probably click on the Josh Zide story. <laughs> and subscribe and, through there. Anything else to add there? No, I think you I think you covered that well. Yeah, I mean I think it's a it's a matter of how do you sort of make podcasting part of the business model and uh I feel like the company has sort of uh adjusted, you know, tried stuff, it works, it doesn't work, adjusted that kind of thing. And so we will uh see how it goes, but you know, it'll stop me from yelling at all you people who aren't subscribing and only listening because there will be no other way for you to get to the podcast. That's true. And you know, maybe I'll do a little bit of prep for the podcast once this begins, just to make sure you're getting your money's worth. That's not a promise. Yeah, that's that is an unfulfilled. Yeah. That's a quarterback idea. It's a it's a maybe. Okay. Okay. All right. It's one o'clock. It's time for Shield to chat. So that's right. Uh, we will go. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, probably uh, probably a couple episodes, I would say, as we prepare. Uh, I think at some point we're probably going to hear from Howie Roseman in the pre-draft process, so that, that might be next week. Um, but, uh, yeah, exciting stuff, huh? I'm into it now. I'm, I'm, I'm into the draft now. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's the opposite of Fran, where Fran, like, spends <laughs> yeah. all year long preparing for the draft and by, like, by, like you know, February, he's tired of this draft. For us, yeah. it's like there's two weeks to go. All right, we're finally into the draft. I'm like, is it Cleland or Clellan? Who? Right. What's the, yeah. <laughs> so we're keeping you. Uh, we're keeping you informed. There we go. All right, for uh, Sheila and Bo, and as always, boycott Starbucks. Boycott Starbucks, and we love you.